When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want, I want to talk about Squid Game. Oh, yeah. And, I know. Uh, I'm happy uh, to talk uh, about that. And I want to know how we can adapt it to cricket. Okay, we can't do any spoilers, though. I mean, I finished no. it, but not everyone would. Yeah, I, I, I finished it in four days. Fuck's sake, it's fucking magnificent. It's but, great, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, not even yeah. Like, it's not even like it's a cult Netflix good, as in it's actually a genuinely brilliant programme. Yeah, it really is. Oh, for fuck's sake, Sal. You absolutely hopeless modern... Like, you cannot... <laughs> like, like, Jesus Christ. Oh, it hasn't grabbed me in 15 minutes, so I'm not going to keep watching. <laughs> Virgil had thought like that. You know, arm of a room, great can Well, of course, everyone's going to fucking switch off after the first 15 minutes of Virgil's Aeneid because nothing happens. But it's an epic poem. Just have some... Try... Try, try to remember what it was like before you had everything on demand at your fingertips <laughs> and demanded to be entertained instantly and had no patience whatsoever and no idea of things actually becoming great. It's like people who didn't watch fucking Succession because the first 10 minutes weren't good enough and they've wasted. <laughs> Go through the rest of your life never watching Succession. That's fine by me, but you will be a hopelessly enfeebled human being as a result of it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given with myself, Toby Tarrant, ex-England legend, Mr. Stephen Finn, uh, who is currently... uh, So Daniel Norcross is also with me. And Daniel, I should explain, if you're wondering why we can't actually see Finney at the moment... I was wondering that, yeah. Well, uh, it's not because he's ashamed of his earring, although we will come to that. It's because he is packing for a golf trip to Scotland tomorrow. So this is how unimportant we are in his list of things to do, that he is going to join the podcast whilst packing for a golf trip to Scotland, what's, basically. What's he taking, like bagpipes and a haggis? What is he doing? I, or is it his mashy niblick or a kilt or what? A lot of golf balls, actually. <laughs> Very wise. How many do you need? I thought, only, I thought you only hit one of them, don't you? What's going on? You can, but if you lose one a hole, you need 18. <laughs> well, now, oh, right. now, I've got a couple of questions, Finney. First of all, 
because I'm a crap golfer. I'm a 25 handicapper. Now, I do have all the equipment, though. Lovely set of uh, tailor-made length clubs, a man of my stature. That's my first question. Have you got ridiculously extra-long special clubs? I, I do. And I've also got brand new clubs that I've not hit a ball with yet. And I'm taking those to one of the most challenging courses in the United Kingdom over the course of the next three days. So I don't hold up too much hope for how my next three days are going to go. I might be a bit depressed when I see you next week. As, as opposed to your normal upbeat chipper self. <laughs> well, I'd imagine this is particularly upbeat compared to what I may be like. Once I've had two days worth of drinking and two of the hardest rounds of golf of my life. Well, it sounds like a lot of excuses are getting thrown out for a man who's not even set off on this golf trip now. Now, my other question was, have you treated yourself? Was it? Did you get these clubs just for this trip or have you, have you, oh, have you splashed out got, just for Scotland? No, I, I actually got given these clubs, a fantastic brand called Orca Golf. Uh, you can search them up on social media and you can buy your own set of clubs to subsidize <laughs> mine, I suppose. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a wonderful, made out of Japanese forged iron, is it? Or steel? No, it'd be steel, wouldn't it? You don't want to have iron golf clubs, steel. <laughs> and, um, and they're completely customized for me. So yeah, if I, um, if I do shank it all over the place over the next three days, I only really have myself to blame. See, I went, I went to Cornwall last year on a golf trip and I thought before the big trip, I thought, do you know what? I'll spoil myself. I bought like 60-something Titleist Pro V1s, the most expensive ball oh. in golf. And uh, Carlisle Bay, which is voted one of the best first holes in, on the planet. I stepped oh. up to this tee. It's beautiful. You can see right across the sea. Beautiful oh. sunny day. And I hit the first three balls of that day straight into the water, which meant I was 15 quid down before I'd even left the first tee. Now, Norcross in the background. Norcross, are you finally having a long overdue heart attack? I hope so, because after all the shit this bloke talks, every single week that I have to sit and listen to, I end up up three months down on Instagram by the time Norcross has finished one of his sermons. (laughs) So for him to be sat there moaning about us talking about golf for three minutes actually does make me sick and pretty pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're a fucking golf. I oh. absolutely detest golf. I, I despise golf. It is, it is the thief of cricketers. It is the destroyer of hours and hours of really good cricket programming. While perfectly decent, normal human beings suddenly screw over really good cricket matches by boring me witless about some fucking mashy niblick and getting stuck in a bunker somewhere and missing a frigging fairway. Fucking golf. 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 Now, uh, golf. Dan, if I may interject here, if you listen to last week's podcast, you may remember that Dan had decided he was going to turn over a new leaf and be really upbeat and positive and happy about everything. Can I assume from your little tirade there that, that, that you've decided to knock that idea on the head? I was doing fine until you all mentioned golf. I've been, I've been sweetness and light. I've, I've been working in a food bank. I've been um, helping little old ladies across the road. And I've turned over a new leaf in the last five minutes because of this golf chat. Golf has no place in cricket. It must. It needs to stop. That all, all the very best players at every club level and international level they they stop being any. They stop playing cricket because they get obsessed with bleeding golf. Viv Richards said that he'd rather have played golf than cricket. I mean, it, it, and and what is golf? Golf is just 
huge amounts of space taken up, which could be used for like affordable housing. That's what it is. <laughs> it's just dreadful. It's like it's evil in every way, golf. It's wrong, and it's and it and it should be banned. Uh, you, you you mentioned that, but actually, the golf club that I'm currently a member of uh, is oh. generally getting replaced by uh, by residential homes in two years' time. So Good. I've got well, actually. Viva la Revolution! Fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be the final. That'd be the because I'm already a bit gutted about it because I really like my golf club and it's disappearing in two years. And the final bit of salt in the wound is going to be they're going to build a retirement village and Norcross and his mates are going to fucking move into it. And yeah, I was going to be, I'm going to watch <laughs> I'm going to watch Norcross sitting there dribbling on himself like Joe Pesci at the end of The Irishman. And I'll be yeah, going, that, that used to be the 14th. I used to like that hole. And instead, I'm going to be, we'll have to look at your stew. I'll have to come and visit you because we'll still, still be recording this bloody podcast, except we'll have to come to you. <laughs> we'll yeah, still be making no money off it either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll still be, we'll be, if anything, we'll be out of pocket by then. Now, we do also have to talk about uh, another another thing that happened on last week's podcast. And this is, if you if you haven't heard, uh, Stephen Finn is having a midlife crisis and uh, he went and got his ears pierced recently. And well, only one, one ear, wasn't it? Only one. Oh, yeah. only Sorry, one, just one. the one. Yeah. Sorry, just the one. And Finny, when you first joined the Zoom call before we started recording this podcast, I did notice you were wearing a bucket hat. Now, wh- where's that? I was, yeah. where's, where's that gone? Because uh, Daniel, you didn't get to see it, but you can imagine oh, my no. shock when Finny answered the call in a bucket hat with an earring. I thought, oh God, here we go. The midlife crisis continues. Uh, he, he's now putting it on for us. There he is. What do you reckon, Dan? Well, I actually quite like it. Uh, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Which is annoying. I mean, he looks a bit like one of Bill and Ben, the two flower pot men. Oh, it's oh, reversible. And it's reversible. Wow. Oh, oh, that's actually that's quite cool. I like that. There you go. I'm reverting to last worn, week. That's being worn around um, Turnbury tomorrow, boys. Look at that, eh? I mean, so I did put the question to Twitter, which was, is Finney having a midlife crisis or is he a fashion connoisseur? And 83% of you decided that it was a cry for help, your ear getting pierced. Uh, We also asked the good people of Instagram and uh, Sam Billings replied saying, horrendous, to which Finney has replied, crew polo top chinos and boat shoes instead, is it? Now, I can only assume, Finney... Is that Sam Billings' go-to attire, is it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, that pair of boat shoes. He's um, he, he's very, very stuck in his ways. I don't think he's quite got with the 21st century yet, so I'm, I'm hoping at some stage he picks his socks up and, and manages to get into it because I'm leading the way. I'm a shining light in this revolution and, and people will follow me that I can be assured. I, think, I actually think that Sam's a very stylish man. I have to say, he, and I he's think, not. I think his adherence to the 20th century is a very uh, touching and marvellous thing. Uh, <laughs> at least for somebody who was born in the early throes of it. <laughs> at least at least Sam Billings is adhering to the late 20th century, like Norcross, who's stuck at the turn of it. Yeah. <laughs> 1905. Hey, say, wait a minute, you say that, you say that, but I've done the most 21st century thing imaginable in the last four days. I was tipped off to Squid Game by the kids, and I've binged it all. In, well, it was in three and a half days. I mean, my, my wife kept coming in and leaving instantly as she saw yet another person getting their brains blown out. <laughs> and uh, I was loving every bloody minute of it. I'm, I'm, I tell you, Tobes, I am down with the kids. With, it's, with... It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. And my view is that I think it should be an inspiration for us all in the cricket world because I think there's a way of 
well, I, I would say I think there's a way, I want to put it out there, that we can adapt cricket to uh, to Squid Game. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Well, I haven't entirely worked out exactly how we right. do it, but I do think that, I think there's a lack can of... Can I interject here? Please do. Please do. Have you, have you not watched it? You... You have just fucking whinged about one of the most <laughs> traditional English sports that a lot of people in the country yeah, play. Yeah. And, and you've been moaning about, oh, they don't do anything but do this. And now you are sat there in your living room, dreaming up very weird squid game cricket concepts that are, are, are very worrying places for your brain to go. I know your brain goes to far more worrying places than that when you're sat on your sofa by yourself. But <laughs> I'm actually on my bed, but, by the way. Okay, oh dear, I, don't want to, yeah, I don't want to see what's taped to the I'm, fucking... I'm I'm sure, are you, are you sure I'm your changing. wife always leaves the room because there's somebody being shot on TV or because she walks in and you're on the bed and she's like, fuck that? I don't have a TV, I don't have a TV in the bedroom. I'm not, I'm not that modern. I watch the TV in the scene. I'm right, right now, God. I'm sitting in my bedroom thinking about how we could have made the Ashes selection process more squid gaming. Oh God, uh, but... but because I think that, frankly, there was a lack of jeopardy. There was well, a poor... serious lack of jeopardy. Well, old man Stephen Finn goes back to the 1830s and puts on a pair of bloody plus fours and a pipe and wanders around Turnbury, is it? And a bucket know, hat. He's going on about, oh, oh, could, could my caddy please take my, my, uh, my thingies for me? Somebody tell me, what's the angle of incidence here? Blah, blah, I don't know. Someone's got to tell me. Some, a ridiculous master-servant relationship that goes on the entire time in sodding golf. Like, it really is feudal England. I'm trying to actually work out how we can 21st centrify cricket. So, well, you know. So you so you're suggesting that the Ashes selection could have been a bit more Squid Game. So you're basically saying that right now, if that's the case, somebody right now would be sweeping up Dom Sibley's head with a dustpan and brush. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm basically saying, and he's got you know, a massive came, head. Can you imagine the mess that would yeah. made? When it came mm. down to the spinners, when it came down to the spinners, we had basically we had a few, we had a whole bunch of options actually. If you Squid Game it properly, you could have had Mason Crane, lovely lad by the way, big fan of the program, Mason Crane, um, Parkies, both Parkies. Actually, shove both Parkinson's in there. Uh, Jack Leach, Don Bess, Amaverdi, and uh, get them basically to bowl six balls on a length. And they've got to turn it a certain amount, or, uh, or they've certainly got to hit that length. And failure to do so, <laughs> and that's what that's how you basically end up at your, um, your your Ashes squad selection. Similarly with the batters, you're dead right with Sibley. You know he's got a hundred balls to score twelve runs. <laughs> and failure means he's eliminated and then we, we work our way we work our down you know? even with a gun to his head Dob Simby would be on 11 off 99 knowing he needed 12 yeah. but if the ball wasn't there he'd just leave it outside off stump and take the bullet I reckon got a drama like camera right in the eye sweat pouring down you know slightly tense with the shaky thing you'd have to do the Korean shaking face thing it, it could have been superb but well, no instead we just announced a whole series of players that we knew were going to be in it. I mean, rubbish. Uh, I, before we get properly into the Ashes squad selection, I have to admit, I would watch it and it would be more entertaining than that bloody IPL auction, which is the dullest thing in existence. Oh, so, uh, yeah. That could do with it. That could be Squid Game. That could I, definitely be Squid Game. Yeah. Anybody, okay, oh, anybody, anybody who goes into the draw for the IPL and fails to, fails to get picked up, you're listening, Stephen Finn. Eliminated. I am. <laughs> Eliminated. The thing is, the, the bullet would just bounce off Finney's nose. 
<laughs> go straight up it. I'll hoover that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get into the Ashes squad selection, one final piece on Finney's fashion. So, Finney, you put on that bucket hat and showed it to Dan, and Dan actually really liked it. Now, has that ruined the bucket hat for you? Because this is a man who gets dressed by his wife. It's just a bit like when you buy a sports car and then see an old man driving it and it ruins it for you. Has that bucket hat now gone up or down in your estimations, knowing that it goes with Norcross's blessing? I've just thrown it out the window. <laughs> Probably just landed on a bloke's head who's nicking your neighbour's car again. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, right, let's get into the Ashes Squad selection. Um, we've touched on a few names there. Before we go on, I just want to say that I looked at it again today and... Um, what a what a massively uninspiring, stereotypically English Ashes touring squad that is. Um, no real X factor, no sexy names, just a list of blokes who have recently failed in the five-day format, being given another go in one of the hardest, most hostile environments in the world. Um, before we go into it, I want to talk about the names that aren't in the squad. The first big glaring omission is, of course, Darren Stevens. I mean, I think at this point, we have to accept that maybe he's never going to be a part of an Ashes squad because I, I the disagree. man could have done no more this year. I disagree. When, when they lose 5-0 this time, they'll surely see the error of their ways. They will mm. surely see the error. And, and, and they, will, they will make pitches in 2023 in England that are basically all Darren Stevens' pitches. That's true. Tim Murta, Tim Murta, who won't have played for Ireland for a while, will be um, back as a naturalised Englishman. Mm. We'll go with uh, Rushworth, Murta, Stevens, oh, yeah. and Jamie Porter. Oh, beautiful! A, a four-man, a four-man nibbly attack. All this talk and, of they're always talking about yeah. building for the future, but I want to put out an Ashes team in a couple of years' time that's building for the past. Mm. A, a team that's mm. clinging on to a simpler time. That's what I want to see in the next Ashes squad. Uh, also, the other big glaring omission: What do we need in Australia? We need somebody who's tall, who hits the deck hard. He's got experience of playing down there. Where was Stephen Finn's name on that lineup? Finney, you must have been waiting by the phone all day, surely. No, I was waiting by the phone for TMS to get in touch with me about going down there to commentate. <laughs> so, um, and and I got that call. So I'm off in um, in mid November. I'm off down there to to go and commentate on the Ashes. So I'll take a pair of boots just in case. But um, but I'm quite glad that I'm going down there as a commentator, to be honest. Uh, Norcross, did you get that call? No, no, no chance. No, they're, they're going with an abbreviated team. Well, so no, I will. I will probably. And I think it's, this is quite a strong likelihood that I'll be in a studio watching all five games, waiting for the line to drop. <laughs> That's going to be my role. So it's going to be enormously good fun listening to them in really warm climates and then probably about once every two games, the line will drop for five minutes and I'll have to nudge my co-commentator and say, wake up, wake up, we've got to speak for five minutes. And they go, oh, oh, it's okay, we can go back to them. Although, I might just not bother. I might just keep commentating and then sod them and uh, they'll, they'll never get back on air because it'll just be me <laughs> talking constantly through the night. That's well, my plan. Welcome to my world, because when it, on Radio X, whenever Chris Moyles is doing any uh, any broadcasting from outside the studio, I basically get hauled out of bed early to go and sit in the studio on the off charts that the comms break down at some point. So welcome to my world. At least I have the luxury of just playing the killers and just oh, moving on. There's nothing like being first reserve, as Jack Leach will, will testify. <laughs> testify. Um, basically, it, you're, it's, you're yeah, running the good. drinks for, for Simon Mann and Jonathan Agnew, essentially. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally coming in onto the pitch in a bib and making sure that, he, uh, that Jonathan Agnew's had a power raid. 
I spend all night in a yellow bib. Yeah, that will that will be the plan. Yeah, uh, um, I, I very much look forward to that. Well, I'll, I'll get drunk with you. We'll hold down the fort down here. Don't you worry, Norcross. Some other big names uh, missing from it. So after all this talk last time, we got pumped in Australia of, right, four years from now, we're coming back. We're going to fight fire with fire. We're not going to turn up with a load of stereotypical English bowlers who just hit a length at late 70s, early 80s. Um, and what do we do? We basically turn up with the exact same bowling lineup uh, from last time we were in Australia, just with a slightly older James Anderson and Stuart Broad, slightly older Chris Wokes, um, a still very slow Craig Overton. Ollie Robinson, yes, stunning start to his test career. Also, not exactly going to hurry batsmen up down there. Now, admittedly, Stone, Archer, unfortunately can't be there. We do have Mark Wood, but there's no way he's going to be able to play five test matches. Hi, we know that I'm much. Siri. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose oh. the voice you'd like me to <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. So, what voice would you like, Stephen? Yeah, well, yeah Finney, to do this is I'm content. also... So the amount of plates that I'm juggling here, right? I'm trying to pack for a golf trip. I'm trying to set up a new iPhone. I'm trying to hold conversation with you two fools. <laughs> whilst also being wary that I can't miss my wake-up call to get up for the taxi that's coming at like half past five in the morning. Uh, yeah, what are you worried about that for? You're a pro. You can, you can wake up for a, for a five, five thirty. And apart from anything else, when did you turn into Mr. T? Fool. What is going on here? <laughs> I was just trying to be polite. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the nicest thing you've ever called me, I think. <laughs> what, what's going on with Siri? Uh, Siri, I think I pressed the wrong button and then shat my pants and she wouldn't shut up. So, <laughs> Yeah, he's 21st century boy here, going off to play golf in his plus four, doesn't know how to use technology and he's worried about a 5.30am wake-up call because there isn't somebody <laughs> shooting peas at his window. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Now, are you going to be are you going to be a good better half, Finny? Are you going to sleep in a separate room so you don't wake up your your better half at five in the morning, or are you just a heartless? No, person? I wouldn't have thought so. To no. be honest, uh, last night I um I got I woke up this morning to my alarm and looked and rolled over and some evil eyes staring at me, and I was like, oh god, what have I done now? What have I said in my sleep this time that's pissed her off? And she just played me a video of me snoring about four o'clock in the morning. It was grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> now, snore she'll be that, awake anyway. A snore through that nose is like basically listening to a tuba <laughs> solo, isn't it? It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's very, very true. Blowing everything off the mantelpiece every time he exhales. <laughs> yeah, like then, Hurricane Finn. Yeah, and yeah. then every time, every, every time he breathes in, the chair comes closer to him across the room. Now, oh, now, <laughs> now, genuine question, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been told off for uh, inappropriate things you said whilst you were sleeping next to your partner? Uh, Norcross, Was that me? Either yeah, me. Been, yeah, 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 me, 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 all the all the bloody time, yeah, yeah. Any, yeah. Any, anything in particular? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 apparently, I stood up bolt bolt upright one day and said, "I am a little crocodile." Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> and uh, I have no idea where that came from, but um, <laughs> but it must be quite alarming. Uh, I, I do, especially after a few drinks. I, I have been known to think everything's a toilet. Uh, I recently, uh tried to climb out the window in the middle of the night and tried to wee on the roof. Uh, and Pippa had to, Pippa had to uh, get me down from the windowsill. Uh, and I also once sat in our wash basket and proceeded to, to piss all over our, 
our clothes, which to be fair needed to oh. be washed anyway. Yeah, that was a couple oh. of years ago. I'd, oh, I've I've done something similar to that. Unfortunately, it was, it, it was yes, it was in um, it was at a party, and, um, and, I, was, <laughs> and I, was, I was kind of sleepwalking, and um, obviously pretty trashed. I should imagine about five o'clock in the morning, and I, uh, I I I thought that this chair that was covered in coats <laughs> was, was the loo. But I would have got away with it were it not for the fact there was somebody actually underneath all the coats. <laughs> <laughs> so I was woken up as I was urinating on someone underneath a pile of coats on a chair at a party. I mean, it was a long time ago in, 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 in my exoneration. It was about 26 years ago. Uh, so, yeah, I was only about 90. Was, was, it somebody, <laughs> was, it, was it somebody that you knew well that you pissed on? Or was it, it, was, it, was, was, was it yes, the first it, time you it, met? It, well, I knew them quite well. But um, well, I haven't known them very well since. It's funny that because <laughs> they they took it strangely personally. Finney ever gone ever gone sleepwalking? <laughs> ever ever got in trouble walking around in the middle of the night? No, I, I don't think I have actually. No, I, I mutter Ooh. the odd thing when I'm asleep, but nothing um, nothing too bad. I've never pissed in or on the wrong place. I have lazy <laughs> oh. ways through the night, so I don't have that problem. Um, now what? 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 You have la- you have lazy ways through the night. What does that mean? Yeah. Oh, you just, it means you, just, you don't. You just sit down. Oh yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you yeah. thought you just meant he doesn't get out of bed. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what I meant. Yeah, I thought he just meant. Oh, I just pissed myself all night. <laughs> Leave it at that. <laughs> it's one way. Of, one way of avoiding avoiding going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Um, now, Finney, I have to uh, take you back to that um, a few moments ago when I was rudely interrupted by your Siri going off because producer Sal has just sent me a picture of your you on your Instagram. Stephen Finn appears to be entering the world of influencer because on Stephen Finn's Instagram today is a photo of him receiving a brand new iPhone from a from a from a very nice looking bald man holding the box open. What's going on there, Finney? What what have you had to do to get a free iPhone? Um, they are um, active digital and they are supporters of Middlesex County Cricket Club. And a little while ago. I made friends. I've used them for my phone for the last couple of years and they're an outstanding company. If you need a phone contract, get in touch with Active Digital. But I got invited down there. The the guy, Richard, is like a big car nut and has got like heaps of cars and he's got this realistic F1 simulator. And and he said, do I want to come down and, and have a drive around on it and record a podcast about cars with him? So I went and did that today. Oh. So hang on a minute. So, so you do cars and golf now? Yes, I do. Yeah, in October. Oh. It's October. God. An absolute pleasure to hand deliver at Finney Steve's new iPhone 13 to him today. Finney's getting hand delivered his iPhone. He's, he has forgotten his roots off, Finney, hasn't he? Mm. It's also got a five star review in The Guardian. As the, uh, I mean, not that, I mean, I don't only read The Guardian. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just in a moderately centre left echo chamber. But yeah, the iPhone 13 apparently has got a five star review. It's the best iPhone um, of its type. Is that correct? There we go. Well, it looks uh, like well I've, not, I've not managed to get into it yet. I'm still trying to set the fucking thing up. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that, uh, you know, well, whilst Daniel Norcross is there talking about how he reads The Guardian, Stephen Finn, quite the opposite, he's off to go and play golf at Donald Trump's course tomorrow. Hey, you might bump into Donald. Can you ask Donald if he wants to come on the podcast? I will, I will give him the heads up. What, one way I, I'm get... hoping to have a beer with him in the bar afterwards, actually. Stephen, you're a great guy. Great guy. Love the, the podcast. Best. 
Love the podcast. The absolute best. <laughs> uh, Norcross is absolutely going on a rant, and he's been talking for a good 30 seconds, not realise he's on mute. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, it's the height. He's got a great height. He's got a great nose. got great hair. He's the greatest of fast bowlers who no longer plays for England. He's he's just the great, the very best, the very best. And a great golfer, one of the greatest golfers, apparently, and drivers of cars and users of iPhones and setters up of Siri. Now, now before we somehow run in this huge tangent about where Daniel's pissed off the ashes. drinks. The ashes. So basically, we've turned up with a load of Dibley Dobblers plus Mark Wood, who'll probably break down after half a test match. No, no Finney lookalike, no. no Shakib Mahmood in the squad. Um no Matt Parkinson in the squad, which I know that Daniel Norcross is absolutely fuming yeah, about. I am. Uh, no Liam Livingston in the squad. I thought, oh, a bit of X Factor, maybe a bit of a, a bit of a um, outlandish call. Liam Livingston, Ben Folks, Ben does Ben Folks got? Is he is he sleeping with Silverwood's, you know, family members or something? Because Johnny Bairstow hasn't surpassed sixty in his last thirty-four Test innings, and Ben Folks can't get a look in at the moment. Uh, no Ben Stokes, we weren't really expecting that. I found it a, a wholly depressing England squad to look at on paper. Um, I wasn't confident going into it, and I'm not feeling much more confident now. Daniel, what did you make of it? I, I t- thought it was entirely to be expected. And whilst it was all those things, there, there were only a couple of glaring omissions. It was only Matt Parkinson and Saki Mahmood. You know, everyone keeps going on about, oh, they've not picked any pace bowlers. Well, all the pace bowlers are knackered. The X-Factor player, Ben Stokes, isn't available. Joffre Archer isn't available. Ollie Stone isn't available. So what do they expect them to pick? They could have picked Saki Mahmood. I think they could have done that. And I am staggered that they didn't pick Parkinson because, I mean, just really, this is nothing against Don Beth. He's a lovely lad and I think will become a very, very good off-spinner in time. But off-spinners in Australia, other than Nathan Lyon of late, I mean, it's just insanity. He's picked up 30 or 35 wickets at an average of 20. He turns the ball an absolute mile further than anybody else. People complain about English leg spinners that they don't tweak it enough. He absolutely rips it. And I'm not sure that he would have got a game anyway, because I think Jack Leach will, will quite rightly be England's first choice spinner. And there aren't very many pitches in Australia that you'd pick, if any, two spinners. This idea that Sydney turns is bollocks. I mean, it, it used to in the 1980s, but it hasn't turned in yonks. So I'm not sure whether it had got a game, but I just think it sends a really strange message that you take Don Best, who has got an awful lot of learning to go and is in the process of becoming a good player, against the bloke who has manifestly bowled magnificently in this English summer. I find that strange. And Saki Mahmood, I mean, what they said was, said something very significant about nine months ago, which is don't want to go to Australia with that, with uncapped players. And that basically meant they weren't going to take Saki Mahmood and Matt Parkinson because they didn't cap them before then. So I guess I, I thought, and I dare say Philly did as well, that, 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 that squad was totally predictable. I don't think it's really the point, is it? The point is that, England have been ravaged by injuries and so their plans that they had to take a bunch of fast bowlers um, can't happen because they haven't got Ollie Stone. They won't have Ben Stokes. They won't have Joffre Archer. It's a bit of an issue. But, you know, Australia are pretty pants at the moment. They're, they're not that good. This idea that, that England are definitely going to lose 5-0, I don't buy that either, actually. Because I think 
they've got a bunch of good batters in Australian conditions. You've got David Milan, you've got Ollie Pope, who's played out there a bit, knows what he's doing. You've got Joe Root. Um, the pitches are, are pretty nice and flat. And the Aussies have played, what, you know, minus four test matches in the last two years because they're too scared to play anybody else. Well, that's the, I think that is England's best chance here, is that the Australia team could be massively undercooked for test cricket. However, I, I do worry looking at the side. I just found it a bit unimaginative. Mahmood, Who did you want? Who did you really I, I want? want? I want Liam Livingston. I want him in there. I do. I think there's a, there's a bit of KP about him. I'm now hoping he's so good at the T20 World Cup that he almost gets into the Ashes squad off the back of it, like when KP thrashed all those hundreds in South Africa in the yeah. ODIs and got well, to the 2005 Ashes the Lions. I mean, let, let's not forget that they're going to take a, a bunch of Lions, aren't they, to, to play against each other in squad games. So... You never know what might happen in those games. You never know if there might be a little bit of movement. Some people might be asked to stay around. It's going to be fluid, isn't yeah. it? I think you look at the best selection, that's probably on the back of doing well in South Africa a few years ago on flat wickets. I think he bowled really well at Cape Town, didn't he? On a flattish wicket to, to keep the scoring rate down, which is one of the jobs that a spinner has to do in Australia because very rarely, unless you're Graham Swan, or Nathan Lyons, you really attack as a spinner in Australia. Um, so the job of the off spinner is to go for as few runs as possible, or the spin bowler in general, which is why I think they've lent towards that selection. I do think they've missed a trick with Saqib Mahmood not going, because I think he just offers you something a little bit different, but again, not doesn't have an outstanding first-class record, which doesn't mean too much, really, but he's not played that many games. And we saw him do really, really well in the internationals in the summer. But I suppose they've looked at um, tried, tested, more experienced players for those conditions and, um, and have gone with those. But I also think you're right in the sense that there will almost certainly be a big Lions squad going because they're not just going to go with the guys that they've got there. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's a few rogue picks in that. Um, I'd really like to see Sam Robson from Middlesex. I think he's been pretty hard done by not to even be talked about given the yeah. lack of opening batsmen, especially mm. right-handed opening batsmen that we have in this country. At the moment, I think the amount of runs that he scored on a tricky pitch at Lords um, has been slightly underestimated this year and his ability to play in Australia because he is, I mean, fundamentally he's Australian. He grew up in Australia. So I, yeah, there, there are a few, few people that I think you might see on that Lions trip that then could end up fluctuating and changing because yeah, there's still a long time to go before that first test match. Yeah, I, I agree with you on um, on um, Sam Robson completely because Rory Burns, look, his place is safe. Rory's proven enough times in an England shirt in his short England career that he's got test runs in him, big test innings in him. Uh, it's the innings in between that are a bit frustrating, but we've seen him score a few hundreds now. But then Hamid, who plays a very low hands, I don't know if he's suited to the ball up round his chin all the time. And Zach Crawley, who's you know had a torrid time in Test cricket the last twelve months or so since that brilliant innings a couple of years ago that feels like a lifetime ago at the moment. So suddenly, Hamid or Crawley aren't scoring any runs, and they're going to be looking for an opening batsman. And Sam Robson uh, is certainly one that I thought might be on oh, that yeah. list. But but Tobes, don't, don't don't you feel that like like Crawley is made for Australia? He's got this. He actually feels like an Australian batter to me, Crawley. You know, he, he, what he doesn't like is, is the ball that, you know, that moves. He's very un-English. He doesn't like the ball that moves away from him and nibbles. He, he always looks all at sea against, you know, under 80 mile per hour dobbers. But my God, he's got a good eye. And a lot of those pitches are pretty flat. 
and he, he's got a bit of Mitchell Marsh to him. Do you know what I mean? It's a, a, in the in the sort of like stature sense and the bigness sense, you can see him crunching and booming a bunch of drives. He's good off the back foot as well. I think Crawley might be the surprise package. The thing is, I'm not sure that he's in England's first choice side for Brisbane because I think what they'll do is go with Milan at three, Route four, uh, Bearstow five. Pope Six or or Pope Bairstow, Butler, perhaps Wokes. They'll try and get in five bowlers if they can because the conditions need five bowlers, especially if you've got Anderson and Broad and you want to try and keep them going throughout the series and they're your go-to bowlers. So I'm not sure if Crawley is picked first up. So, it, you know, maybe an injury that makes that happen. But I think Crawley actually looks quite suited to Australian conditions. I, I agree. I, I agree. He, he could be perfect for it. And I hope he is. I, I should say, as negative as I'm being about the squad that put out, I'm very happy that there was a squad put out at all. I mean, this is a series that last week we were talking about, will it go ahead? Um, so it's amazing that it is. I saw Chris Silverwood being very complimentary about Joe Root. He said, I can't emphasise enough how classy he was within those negotiations and the way he listened to both sides of the argument, uh, just when you couldn't love Joe Root anymore. Uh, the other very, very exciting positive news is Ben Stokes posted a photo. On the 12th Ooh. of April, he broke his finger. Well, on the 11th of October, he held a cricket bat for the first time. He was able to get his hand entirely around the handle. Now, I don't know if he's going to be in Australia at the end of the year. I'd imagine it's very unlikely. But Ben Stokes holding a cricket bat... Uh, is a very, very beautiful thing. However, the um, the banter, I hate that word. Justin Langer uses it in that test documentary within the Australian dressing room. Uh, and that oh, they just, just oh, Guys, we're going to banter. We're not going to be mean. I love banter. Guys, we, yeah. it's great when you banter, but when you, we're not going to cross the line. You've got to burst, sound like you're about to burst into tears at any moment because oh, that's the way that Justin speaks. He speaks always on the verge of tears. Mate, you know? we, we, we're not here to upset anybody. We're just here no. for a bit of banter. Uh, well, the banter has begun. Uh, it all started with England's Barmy Army, who posted a brilliant statistic that Joe Root has scored 1,455 test runs in 2021. And Tim Payne has scored 1,534 runs in his entire test career. Joe Root is just 80 behind. Uh, to which Tim Payne replied, well, at least I've got 1,500 runs more than the Barmy Army have got. To which I pointed out to the Barmy Army on Twitter, they should have immediately found the worst batsman they could find with just over 1,500 test runs and made him an honorary member so that that was no longer the case. Um, Matayama Rilitherin. Matayama There'll be some absolute pony out there that's got 1,600 test runs. Finney, first of all, what did you make of Tim Payne rising to that? Uh, I quite enjoyed the fact that he, he, he nibbled a little bit. But also, I mean, the legendary Aussie crowd atmosphere, the media and stuff, it starts kicking in around now. Um, in the build-up to Ashes series, did you guys... You must be, you can't resist having a little look at the, some of the stuff that's flying around, surely. Oh, you, you try your hardest not to, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's even more prevalent now, isn't it? Because I think people realise that players are interacting and engaging with it more. We, we tried to stay away from it as much as we possibly could. But I played in the days down there when you'd walk down the street and someone would just abuse you. I mean, I'm sure that still happens now. But around test matches and stuff, I made a point not to read social media just because what is the point like I've already got a bloke I was sat in Starbucks and this bloke literally walked past he did a double take and he was like mate you're fucking shit and I was like 
Okay, thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Just enjoy the coffee, yeah? I had that, and I'm, and I'm just a lowly commentator this boat didn't recognise. So uh, I was in a hotel in Perth in the last Ashes, and um, this long-distance lorry driver, pissed, came up to the TMS crew. There was me, Andrew Sampson, Adam Balford, you know, the whole lot, and uh, Simon Mann, and he goes, uh, ah, you're English, yeah. You know, you know what's going to happen to you. You're all going to get fucked. And then he started dry humping my right shoulder, and he just started, he just started like gyrating his hips, and I could feel his wanger just banging and banging and banging against my right shoulder. And he said, "Do you know? Do you know who we hate the most?" And I said, uh, "Is it Sri Lanka?" And he went, no, it's the fucking Pons. <laughs> oh, the, the Pons. Sorry, while <laughs> having this chat, is he still humping you or has he stopped humping to talk to you about who he, who he disliked? I'm afraid the shadow of the dry hump has never gone away. Oh, really? But, uh, it's, it's, always, it's always there. My right shoulder twitches like Herbert Lom in uh, the Pink Panther movies. I, you know what I mean? Um, you should yeah, um, speak yeah, to someone about that. Yeah, you should. Actually, should I? I, I don't know if there's anything can be done. But what I do know is that yeah, Finney's, Finney's absolutely right. I mean, I, I, presumably it's worse for the players, but it, it it was constant when I was out there. I was out there for, for 11 weeks and wherever you went, obviously there were there are lovely Australians, like shock horror, like breaking news. There are lovely Australians, but there's also a whole bunch of raving maniacs who, when the ashes come into town, just want to just abuse you just the just you you know you order a drink and suddenly there's four of them going ah you're a fucking pawn you know what's going to happen to you you're going to get slaughtered you go, no it's not i don't play i'm not playing i'm getting paid to talk about it i'm not going to get slaughtered i'm going to have a i'm going to have a great time it's really warm it's really crap back in england at the moment obviously not so much this time where i'll be sat in a windowless booth when, when, when you're sat, that, like, that, that's another matter. Yeah, that's when, another matter. When you're sat in that windowless booth, you, you'll, you'll be sat there going, "God, I wish I was in Australia right now with a bloke humping my shoulder." You'll, yeah. you'll long for those days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, it's great the Ashes is going ahead. Uh, uninspiring squad selection or not? Very, very quickly, we've talked about Tim Payne, a captain who can't score any runs and uh, is clearly flustered. Well, in fairness, in fairness, by the way, very quickly on that. He is a wicketkeeper, but I thought the funniest thing that he did say was, I bet I've got more, I'm a wicketkeeper, so I bet I've got more catches than Joe Root since uh, the pandemic. And the stat came out that, in fact, Joe Root's got 11 more catches <laughs> yeah, than Tim Payne. Oh, it's the fact that it's about that our team is prepared to play cricket. Most of their... <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a wonderful shoot in his own foot. That's a beautiful... Sorry, was... Toby. I no, 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 but that, I'm glad you <laughs> slipped that one in there. Uh, yeah, so Tim Payne's a captain who can't score any runs uh, and is incredibly riled. Uh, England have got a captain who can't score any runs, but is unflappable. Owen Morgan getting an early, an early mind games win in the IPL. Dan, uh, I know you're rubbing your hands watching this. Explain briefly to the people listening what happened. Yeah, okay. I can't remember if this is called the Eliminator. I think it is the Eliminator. The Eliminator is where the third place team plays the fourth place team for the right to play whoever lost the qualifier which was the first place team played the second base team. I hope you're keeping up with all this. <laughs> and it was the Royal Challengers Bangalore, captained by Virat Kohli. The last time he's going to captain the T20 side because he's giving up all of that captaincy. It gets in, gets in the way of scoring hundreds, as we've discovered, because he hasn't got one for nearly two years. 
And uh, all of India was desperately hoping that this would finally be it, the redemption moment when RCB would make it through the final and win and Virat Kohli would walk off with the IPL trophy. But pretty much as has always happened in the history of the RCB, captained by Virat Kohli, he was outthought, outplayed, out-tactically manoeuvred by, on this occasion, a man who can't buy a run in the IPL, but can beat him, Owen Morgan. So it's sort of England won India nil on those stakes as uh, the uh, Kolkata Knight Riders, with their lovely gold pads, disposed of RCB and put them to bed for yet another year. Owen Morgan didn't get very many runs, came in, put himself right down the order as well. Great tactical genius. It's slightly worrying from an England point of view that he's not been able to buy a run in the UAE, but I think it's probably positive for England that he's captain KKR to six wins out of eight since they moved the IPL to the UAE. So he knows the pitches really well. He's played on all three of them, Abu Dhabi, Sharjah and Dubai, where England will be playing over the course of the tournament. And uh, his tactical acumen is uh, still very much to the fore. And if he were to win the IPL, if KKR were to win under Rowan Morgan, not scoring any runs, what a message that might send out before the World T20 starts, which uh, stunningly and amazingly is in about a week's time, isn't it? That, isn't it like that, Sunday? That's exactly right, yeah. I was looking at the fixtures just earlier. So next week on Zero Ducks Given, uh, we will yeah. properly preview the 2020 World Cup. And we are hoping to be joined by the bespectacled beauty that is Mr. Jack Leach as well. And yeah, like- and, and, I, and I, I will be in a hotel in Salford because, uh, okay, a little peek behind the fourth wall here, but we, the BBC are covering the World T20, but we're not going out to the UAE, COVID and all that. So, uh, Finney, are you doing any of those games? I am, yeah. Finney. I'm in Manchester for four or five days between is it the 27th and the 30th of October, yeah. Why I think do they the keep us apart in this way? But where, yeah, I'm there from the second to the eighth. Finney insists on really it in his contract, yeah. that's why. <laughs> yeah. I said, no face-to-face contact with Dan Norcross, please. (laughs) And also, I never want to go into a hotel room with you in Salford and peek behind your fourth wall, no matter how much money you're offering me. That sounds like my dream. On on Sunday, when the 2020 World Cup gets underway, by the way, now this is a a beautiful fixture. Oman versus Papua New Guinea kicks off the tournament. That is the stuff of dreams, isn't it? Oman versus Papua New Guinea. That is what we've come to see. That's a proper World Cup feature. Yeah. That. Hey, 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 Toads. I, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing games on the 19th and 20th. I've got to do some serious research. I think I've got Oman in one of them. I've got Scotland in another. Um, I think I've got Papua New Guinea at some point. Can, yeah. can we all just agree as a podcast that we are collectively going to get massively behind Papua New Guinea? Just for Where shit. do we get yeah. shirts from? Oh, that's a good point. We all need to get Papua New Guinea shirts. If any, if the, same people, if the same people are listening that sorted out Finney with a free iPhone and free golf clubs, if you could get us a free Papua New Guinea cricket shirt, that, that would be most welcome. Uh, and one final very positive note I want to finish on is uh, remember the name Amy Hunter. Uh, I can't remember what I did for my 16th birthday. I think me and a few mates went to Blackpool and drank loads of Strongbow Cider and I threw up on the beach the next morning. It was a classy affair. Well, Amy Hunter, on her 16th birthday, became the youngest player to hit an international century. On her birthday, she finished 121 not out for Ireland against Zimbabwe. That is pretty damn good going. 121 not out at the age of 16. So well done, 
Uh, well done, Amy Hunter. An incredible achievement. And of course, I also have to mention our live show, which is getting nearer and nearer just over one month ago until we are doing our first ever live show. So it's happening in Leicester Square and it is on November 13th. It's 5 p.m. So you can, if you don't live in London, you can come down Friday night, maybe Saturday morning, have some lunch, Soho, couple of beers, join us for an hour. It's the three of us and the brilliant Mr. Steve Harmerson as well. And then you'll be done by just after six, straight back in the pub, and you can embarrass yourself around the bright lights of Soho for the rest of the evening as well. Uh, we are really looking forward to it. So you can get your tickets at Ticketmaster, Zero Ducks Given Live. And thank you to everybody that's bought tickets so far. And also we are donating money to the wonderful charity that is Lord's Taverners as well, which gives young people a sporting chance to do absolutely incredible work. So we're really looking forward to this. So please, if you haven't bought your ticket already, then please do. And you can see Finney's nose in the flesh and his um, <laughs> new bucket hat and uh, his earring. Is the earring going to be there November 13th, Finney? Oh, yeah. I'll have a little dangly charm hanging off it by then as well, I think. Oh, lovely. By then you'll probably have some What's tattoos like, like and a, stuff as well. A replica Tim Murta or something just dangling off there. Yeah. Or was it? Well, we oh, discussed we decided, this. No, it's it's going to be your bunny. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be your bunny. Ambler. Yeah, it's going to be Hashim Ambler. Yeah. I genuinely thought that we were going to, as you were saying that, I thought you were going to basically throw in accommodation in all of our houses for anybody who buys a ticket at one point, which was <laughs> no. slightly alarming. Yeah, <laughs> Norcross, I, I would not try and. Do you really think that that is going to lure people into buying a ticket? The concept of sleeping anywhere. Yeah, c- come that. to our live show and then you can stay at Norcross's. And if you sleep anywhere near a coat, he might piss on you yeah. in the middle of the night. And, and Finney's going to snore so heavily that you're, yeah. you're going to be blown out of a window. And I'll be pissing in the laundry basket. So yeah, you'll be have... pissing in the laundry basket. Yeah, well, at least at least. And I don't know. What, I, I, what Steve, we... Steve Harmerson, for all I know, in the middle of the night, he gets up and takes a shit in the kettle. I don't know what his sleeping habits <laughs> are, so I can't, I can't, I can't throw in accommodation. I'm One afraid. of my mother's friends actually did do that when at university, <laughs> but that's another story. Right. Well, we'll open with that next week when Jack Leach is here. He'll love that. Uh, Finney, I, I'm going to let you get back to packing. This is the longest packing for a golf trip I've ever seen in my life. I know. Well, no, do you know what? Done? My golf clubs are in the car, and before this started, I wanted to go and get them, but um, I haven't been able to because I've been listening to Norcross waffle on for almost an hour now. So, <laughs> well, it's a kind of occupational hazard of being on a podcast, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what do you expect me to do? Just be entirely silent. Now, Please, if, the, yes. if, if those burglars <laughs> that stole, if those burglars that uh, broke into your neighbor's car a few weeks ago live on the podcast, come back and smash the window and take your golf clubs. Are you going to be braver this time now that you're actually missing out or are you still going to yeah, cow- absolutely. cower? No, I've got my driver here, so I'd chase them. I'd chase them up the road with my driver. <laughs> with how shit you are at golf, they'll be fine. <laughs> oh, look, you, you've got a little tea cosy for it as well, I can see. <laughs> yeah, oh, look at that. Isn't that lovely? There'll be, yeah. there'll, be a few out the gut, there'll be a few out the guts of that tomorrow. Just look at this, yeah. Look at that. It's a yeah. figure beauty. Figure beauty, eh, Norcross? Oh, you like the look of that, don't you? Uh, Chaps, I'm going to leave you to it. Uh, we'll be back next week with Jack Leach. Uh, we'll get the lowdown on Finney's golf trip and if he met Donald Trump. Uh, we'll hear about the time that Norcross's mum... So, sorry, actually, I'll nip that rumour in the bud. <laughs> Norcross's, Norcross's mum's friend shat in a kettle. Uh, so please buy tickets to our live show because uh, <laughs> if that doesn't make you want to, I don't know what will. See you next week. Goodbye. See you. <laughs> Toby, I need another link. We can't finish on shit in a kettle. Okay. I think you should finish it with that, actually. Yeah. <laughs>
Social Podcast Network.